Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for your love for each of us. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We hear in this beginning of the letter to the Hebrews some important things that we need to know about God, about Jesus, and what's been done for us. And it's fitting that we receive this reminder on the day we gather to welcome Vincenzo into the family of God through the waters of baptism that we're reminded as to who the God is that we're bringing him to and what the promises are. And we're reminded that in the past, God spoke through a bunch of prophets over time. And we have their words in the Old Testament. But now in these days, God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the complete and full revelation of who God is. If you've ever asked the question, well, what does God look like, or what would he do, or how would God act, all we need to do is look to Jesus, because he perfectly models for us, being God himself, what the character of God is. And then everything that we read in Scripture is meant to point to Jesus, who is the fullness of the revelation. And so Jesus comes first, He's the fullness of the revelation, and the Bible points us to Jesus. And sometimes we can get that flipped the wrong way, and we can worship the Bible but forget that Jesus is Lord. And we have to remember that Jesus is the fullness of the revelation, and the Bible points us to him. The Bible points to Jesus so that we might know what God has done for us. And we're reminded that it was the work of Jesus to provide purification for sins so that we, as we come to the waters of baptism, could die to our sinful nature and to rise to new life again as Jesus did. That's what we proclaim happens at every baptism. Because of what Jesus has done, we can be made new. That we can be washed clean. That we too can have new life. And it's in this relationship with God that he desired right from the beginning of creation that we would steward God's creation with him in relationship with him. And sin broke that down and Jesus came to restore that. As we await the day when Jesus returns again and the new heaven and the new earth are ushered in and we will live with God forever the way it was intended from the beginning. That's what's been offered to us and as we look to Jesus and to what he has done, we're reminded that Jesus suffered on our behalf. Jesus took on our flesh and came among us. And this is vitally important because when we come to the waters of baptism, we're then encountering a living God who knows what we go through. A God who desires to be close to us, not a distant God. A God who himself has suffered as we suffer. Who has wounds as we have wounds. 
who then rises again so that we too can rise again. That nothing we face in our life is a surprise to Jesus. He doesn't sit at the hand of the Father and say, well, I wonder what that must be like. Because He went through everything that we face and emerged perfectly victoriously through it to bring us to God with Him so that where He is seated at the side of the Father, we might be also. And it's the heart of God to bring healing and restoration, which is the connection to the Gospel passage where the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus and say, all right, well, what do you say about divorce? And if he supports the Pharisees, there's going to be a whole mob against him. And if he doesn't support the Pharisees, there's a whole mob against him. And that's their goal, to have division and to trap Jesus. And Jesus rightly reminds us that the covenant of marriage was given to us to reflect the love of God, the love that Jesus has for the church, his people, and that relationship that is permanent. And in raising the bar as Jesus does, he's actually looking out for the women of the day where the Pharisees had created a convenient system by which the men could write certificates of divorce anytime they wanted, leaving the women homeless and destitute. And Jesus, in raising that bar, in the words that he says, he reminds us, you know, ideally this is, is meant to be a, a permanent loving relationship for all the reasons that I mentioned. But we know that life happens. And in the midst of that, then, what is God's response? He's saying, remember, both of you get wounded in this process. And then we have to ask, if we have a wound which happens, divorce is painful, the question is, well, what's the reality of the way forward? What's the pastoral response of the church? What is God's response? And if we read the rest of the Bible, we don't find a God who pours salt into our wounds. We find a God who pours water and wine and heals and restores and bandages them up. And you know, the church hasn't always done this well and, and people who have already gone through the wounds of divorce have been hurt in the church over the years when we've argued about this and what's the pastoral response. And thankfully, we say, well, ideally this lasts forever. We know that people are hurt. And what's the way to bring healing and restoration? And the church provides a pastoral response for people to move on from the wounds and the hurt of divorce. And God understands what we're going through. That's the important thing. He desires to heal and restore us and to bind us up. And as this section from Hebrews ends, we're reminded that Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. And we all have one Father who created everything. And if that's the case, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, if God sees us healed, restored, and forgiven in Jesus, if Jesus is not ashamed of us, why do we carry around the weight of shame from something in our past for years and years and years when God has dealt with it? And if Jesus is not ashamed of us, what gives us the right to be ashamed of ourselves because something has happened? Because we all have something that's happened, right, in life, some wound, and in the midst of that, Jesus says, I am not ashamed of you. I came among you and gave myself for you so that you could be a child of the glory of God. It's been dealt with. It's been handled. 
And I think that's so important for us to hear, especially at a baptism, that we understand God is not just saying, well, I know it's going to be tough and hopefully you do the best you can and I'll be up here watching from a distance. God says, I will be with you and in you and I will walk with you every step of the way and there will be scrapes and bruises and there, there will be pain and joy and I'll be with you in the midst of all of that. And you need to let go of the shame of the past, of the things that we're carrying. We lug all this stuff around when Jesus says, I have washed that away in the water of baptism. So I pray that today, as we renew our own baptismal vows, as we hear the promises made at baptism, that we might be reminded again and let Jesus wash over us and wash away all the doubt, all the hurt, all the shame, all of the past, and let Him replace in that place healing and restoration and love and mercy and grace. Because Jesus came and He said, I came that you might have peace and that you have, might have life, and that you might have joy. Those are the things that God desires for us. And those are the things that we as a church should be proclaiming to the rest of the world. That when people come through the doors of the church, they shouldn't find a, a judgment panel waiting to condemn them from some hurt in the past. But they should find the open arms of a healer waiting to, to love them, to restore them, to walk with them, because that's what Jesus did for us. And so with grateful hearts, may we continue through this worship today and each day of our lives. May we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us what Jesus has done, what it means that He's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, that God is not ashamed to call us His children. And may the Holy Spirit empower us to bring that message of love out to, into a world that needs healing, into a world that is broken, into a world that needs restoration. And we know that Jesus is the answer. Let the world see the love of Jesus through us that they too might come and receive. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and the work that's been done on our behalf. We pray that this day we might be reminded of the new life that's offered to us through the waters of baptism. May your spirit wash over us to remove from us anything that weighs us down, anything that seeks to separate us from you when you have already won the victory. May your peace, your love, your mercy, your presence and grace be with us. And may we with boldness go out and proclaim that to the world. May our lives be lived to your honor and glory. And Jesus, we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen.